These are the Stanley Cup champions cheering for us. Obi could beat the fuck out of Wayne Gretzky. Could you break Wayne Gretzky's leg? Because he's 24! The smoke blinds from straight 40s before I go out for warmies. We got like half dressed and then last for and we we're just going nuts. We're in the locker room by then. We we're just going absolutely bananas. What it do, DMV? It is episode 73 of Chirpin' DMV. We're starting to wind down on season one here. A couple episodes left uh, in the offseason. We've got a loaded show today. No interview, but we've got a special co-host. But before we get to all that, we want to first talk about and pass our condolences off to Sam Annis and his family. His mother, Demi, uh, passed away the other day due to cancer. She was fighting it for 23 years. Big part of his life, if you've followed Sam Manis, local kid, AHL, Iowa Wild, they put out a great video of it. But yeah, just just tough to see. I was We were hanging out with Sam the other day, man, and he's just a very, very cool kid, very nice kid, very down to earth, and yeah, very, very tough for him. So praying for him and his family uh, with all that going on. But uh, let's get into it, guys. It's It's episode 73. We've got KP. Let's first say what's up to you, buddy. What's going on? Uh, you know, same old stuff, man. Just enjoying some playoff hockey that's been going on. Some exciting things that we'll be getting into. We'll be getting to it all. We got a special co-host today, Marquise Cotton, coming on again. Reoccurring guest. What's up, Quise? What's going on, guys? How we doing? Nothing much. You're driving around. You got the gear in your car. You're going from coaching the men's league tonight. So loaded night. <laughs> yeah, something like that. You know, trying to unwind after a, you know, a nice long day. Right. So let's get into it. Let's start with this because I get out the rink the other night and I get a missed call from Marquise and it's him calling me asking, you know, what my thoughts are on the NHL pausing for two days. So let's just start with you on that, Quise. It's, you know, like we said, it's the NHL taking a pause for two days due to the racial inequality in the United States and just like every other league was. But the NHL got the backlash because they played that first day, unlike the other league. So it's it was a slap in the face at the NHL, I think. it's It's a big... It was like a chance for everybody to jump on the NHL and talk about how shitty of a league it is and how white of a league it is and how privileged of a league it is. So let's just get your whole thoughts on the entire thing. Um, so, yeah, like you said, they played that first night. Um, I mean, starting off, I didn't think too much about them still playing, I would say. Um, you know, Evander Kane and, and those guys have their um, – you know, they started that initiative and, and they, they had a word and they said some stuff to the league and, you know, and everybody kind of got on the call. I know I saw um, there were about 100 guys on that call with Evander Kane and Matt Dumba um, and there were probably still other guys on there. And I thought that was great, you know, just to show some support. And I know, you know, when everything started off, you know, a couple months ago, I got a phone call from, you know, former teammates and you know, other coaches in the area. And I thought that's, that's huge. And I think that's a huge part of it. So, you know, after, you know, after mulling over it for a couple of days and the backlash everybody got, um, I think it was the right move to kind of bring awareness, especially to a league, like you said. I mean, a league that's as white as it is, but also as, as foreign as it is. I mean, you know, you got you to gotta take that into consideration that, uh, I mean, I don't even know the percentage, but it's a very low percentage of Americans in that league and then an even smaller percentage of, um, you know, guys of other ethnicities in that league. Um, and so I think, you know, for them to take a step back and to take, take that two-day pause, you know, it was definitely a good thing. Maybe it brings some some light to the guys who maybe don't know what that is and to the guys that are foreign, you know, it shows that, you know, they're willing to take that initiative and, you know, maybe that's something they can take back if they, if they see something like that in their home countries or even their hometowns. So I, I think it was a good move on their part. 
what was your thought initially on the first night when yes the nhl does play and then immediately after they every player starts getting grilled like hey why weren't you like nba players and meet why didn't you meet before the game and you know decide to not play and protest the game and this that and the other what did you think about that assessment i mean like i said when i talked to you it's like yeah it's it's easy to say that they could easily just meet and do that but we have to remember like you said too these are guys that are foreign and mostly white and they're like czech and european and russian and that's probably not on the forefront of their mind while in the bubble so did and a lot of the players got backlash for not doing that what was your thought on that do you think they should have received as much backlash as they did for not stepping in before those games on that first day um, as far as the NHL is concerned, I think they need to have their, I mean, they should have had their eyes open a little bit more. And I mean, as you know, that night, I believe Minnesota, or not Minnesota, I'm sorry, uh, Milwaukee, the Bucks in the NBA, they stopped playing in the middle of the game. So I wasn't watching that day. And I don't know, you know, how, how scheduling with the rinks and everything works. And I don't know how all that goes, but I, I think the NHL, probably should have taken a little bit of a note there. I don't know what the timing difference was between that Milwaukee instance and everybody coming out and talking and, you know, the NHL guys. Uh, I don't – I mean, like I said, I think they needed to probably have their eyes a little bit more peeled on that. And, I, you know, as of being one of three sports playing and, you know, MOB's playing, I guess, like all day um, and they're still traveling or what have you. And, you know, NHL's kind of more secluded in their two separate bubbles and, you know, instead of NBA is all in one place. And I don't know if that plays a factor, but like I said, I mean, I'm glad that they came back and did something. I don't know if they needed to receive as much backlash from the public necessarily, but I mean, at the end of the day, I'm still happy that they did something. Yeah. And I think it's more so of the players stepping up than it was the league still for the most part, which is kind of shitty to see because the league is the one that's got their eyes on everything. The league's the one that's able to step in. But, and still, like, as you said, with, like, Reeves and Kane and all those guys, they're, they'll, they'll still, like, tell you they, – they're still saying to this day, like, it was the players. The league didn't do shit. Like, the higher-ups have not done anything. It's been the players that are stepping up. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing about it is if the guys are together, um, you know, that's, that's what you want, and that's what you want to see. And I think as a, as a hockey fan, I mean, and, as, you know, most of us playing hockey um, and – you know, knowing what that camaraderie is like with your teammates and to have the entire league come together. I mean, and as you know, most of these guys, you know, they go home, they all train together, or they play mm-hmm. the national team together. So they have that relationship as much as you don't see that during, you know, the regular season, which is just all competition, which is great. But I think it's huge that, you know, the entire league, as far as the players are concerned, came together and, and did what they had to do. Yeah, for sure. And then like Reef said too, it's like, yeah, I'd love to see these guys like fighting for me, standing up for me, but then next game, I'm still going to talk shit. I mean, you got him like calling the Vancouver coach a baby back bitch, pretty much. ABKP. I know you've seen that shit. So yeah, that's, it's, it's, it's an interesting situation. It's the NHL again. I feel like being behind the eight ball when it comes to a lot of stuff, but we'll see what they do moving forward. Like I said, the hockey diversity Alliance, that's a huge, that's a huge asset, I think. And that's only going to keep growing from there, but that being said, let's get into some Caps news and notes. Let's introduce A.B. because he just hopped on. What's going on, baby? How's Florida? You know, Florida's, I mean, great weather down here. I mean, hop on the boat this week or this weekend, so that was pretty tight. There you go. There you go. So, like we said, Caps news and notes, guys. Here's the here's here's what we'll start with. Elliot Friedman, we all know him, you know, Sportsnet. So, he wrote his 31 thoughts in his Sunday column, and apparently he mentioned that the Caps are looking very hard 
at Peter Lavaliette to be the next head coach. That's just one of like kind of the three things that he stated. So what's our initial reaction on Lavaliette being potentially the front runner? KP, we'll start with you. Mm, I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I mean, I think I'd be comfortable if, if he got the job. He's, he's a pretty straightforward coach. You know what you're going to get out of him. And, I mean, I, I think he, he can push these veteran guys and get a little more out of them. He's been in the league. He knows what, what to do to push the right button. So, I wouldn't hate this move, but I wouldn't say I'd be uh, super excited about it. So, A.B., it technically says we now have permission to talk to Peter Lively yet. Um, it's, it's, he's a guy that, you know, he's been to the finals. He won that final with Carolina in 06. But he's a guy that, you know – is kind of a seen a deterrent to offense. Pretty much every team he's been on, he brings down their offensive production. Do you think that should play a big factor into our decision, obviously? Uh, I mean, it should a little bit, considering what just happened in these playoffs, and we didn't score more than two goals in a, in a game, except for once maybe. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think at this point, you kind of just look at a coach's track record and see and go from there. I th- I personally think you should do is and with Peter Laviolette, I mean, I kind of feel the same way as Kyle where like at first I didn't love it, but I kind of talked myself into it. I didn't hate it right away. Um, and I talked, I talked myself more and more into it. I looked into his, his, uh, his, his history in the NHL and he's gone to the Stanley cup finals with every single head coach or every single team he's head coach. So that's not bad. Um, it not would be a bad a, stat. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> it, it would be kind of a short-term – I feel like it would be a short-term thing with him. I feel mm-hmm. like he'd only be here for two or three years. <laughs> if he doesn't get the job done within those two or three years, then he might be out. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I mean, he went to the Cup with – he won the Cup with Carolina. Not bad. I mean, Carolina wasn't even really that good that year. So, like, it's, it does, that's even more impressive. He went to the finals with the Flyers, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, when they played Chicago, and, and then he went to the Flyers with Nashville. Yep. I mean, the finals, not the Flyers. Yeah, went to the finals with Nashville. So, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i down for him to come over. If he brings gets the Caps, he goes four from four, we go to the Stanley Cup finals again, see what happens from there. I mean, I don't hate it. Yeah, I think the only team he didn't take to the finals maybe was the Rangers. He had, he had coached them, didn't he? No. Oh, why? He must have been in the system or something. I don't know, something I was reading. Marquise, a lot of the thing is people saying that He's a hard-ass coach. He's still got the kind of brash mentality of where he really, you know, takes it to his players. And a lot of people are saying that's not going to be a good mix with our veteran leadership. A coach is going to kind of come in and boss people around and do that hard-ass style. Do you, do you put much stock into that in terms of NHL players and, like, how demanding a coach can be? Um, I mean, yes and no. I mean, you kind of have to look at it on both sides of that because, like you said, the vet guys are kind of – they're still just vet guys. You know, they're not the coach. You know, we don't. I, I don't think we have a system where we have, like, our players calling a lot of the shots. And if, I mean, and if I think Peter Lavillette could come in and potentially be a, be a guy that can kind of get the vet guys maybe on the same page, I don't know how he'll carry that with having guys like, you know, Ovechkin and those, and those type of vet guys that have been in the league for a long time that, are, you know, that know their way around the break. Um, especially like a guy like Ovechkin who kind of had to be taught, not taught, but told and kind of forced to run that 200-foot 200, 200 style game. Um, I think that'll be good. I mean, as you said, bringing the offensive production down, I don't hold too much stock in that as long as the other side of the ice is also being brought down on the other team's end. You know, if we can bring our goals against average down 
and our goals goes four goes down, but we're still winning games. I'm happy with that. It's not an exciting game. It's not a you know high flying fun game of hockey, but you know maybe less heart attacks, maybe more of a stable system. I'm I'm on board with that. I could live with that. Yeah, so we'd we'd rather win two one games and lose six to five. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I, I mean, that's kind of like the Barry Trotz model of success, right? I mean, he's, he's, two, he's winning games two to one, three to one. I don't think he's, I don't think they've, the Islanders in these playoffs have let up more than three goals in a game, maybe like once or twice, maybe, and they've scored three or more goals in nine out of thirteen of their of their playoff games. Um, that I mean, that's that's pretty much the exact same way I'm thinking. Marquise is just, I mean, if he's, I'd rather see a two one win than a six six five win. Um, Bill, to hop back on that stat. Peter Laviolette did head coach the Islanders for two years, and they did not. Islanders, okay. I just saw yeah. New York and was like, it he was played the for the Rangers. That's what I just saw. Yeah, he had a brief stint with the Rangers. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so we'll see. But yeah, like I said, AB, I, I think you mentioned that in the group text. You're like, hey, this guy's been to the Cup with every team he's head coach. I'm like, well, if he comes, because we haven't won a fucking playoff series since we went to the Cup. So I think we've won four games in the playoffs since we've been to the Cup. So yeah, I exactly. like whatever we can take. Let's get let's get a fucking series win here soon, at least. Yeah, for sure. So the the, the other two news, um, kind of not as important, obviously, as us getting our head coaching job. But former Caps coach Todd Reardon could be on the radar for both Florida and Pittsburgh as assistants. You know, the Penguins, he used to work there. KP you used to mention how he might be a Penguin spy. He might be he might be going back. He did sabotages for two years. And then the Panthers may replace Mike Kitchen, who did not join them in the bubble. I mean, this, of course, obviously is pending any head coaching job he pursues. I don't see him becoming a head coach anywhere in the NHL next season, but I think an assistant coach fits him well. So we could see him in Pittsburgh or Florida next year. Any thoughts on that from anyone? I mean, good, good for him. I, I think he's going to thrive in an assistant coaching job. That's his role. That's what he is. He's a, he's a solid assistant coach. I think he'll find a spot in the league somewhere. Hopefully he just knows he needs to stay as an assistant. We also do got to remember that that was his first time ever head coaching in the NHL. So people do rebound. Yeah. Who knows what happens? Maybe the system just wasn't right for him. Maybe this roster just wasn't right for him to head coach. Um, so, I mean, he has a lot of learning to do and we'll see if he ever be, gets better. I mean, he did head coach in the AHL and I think he did pretty well. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean it's tough going into, yeah. I mean, you're getting the Stanley cup champions and you're going into their next year. That's, that's yeah. a tough situation. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Then again, like win a single playoff series. I, I would also agree with that. <laughs> like if you got a Corvette, you can drive at a hundred miles an hour, but I don't know this one again, not as important. It's assistant GM for the caps, Ross Mahoney. He's interviewing with the New Jersey devils. Uh, so he might be out. Not, I don't take too much stock into that, but it's what it is. Um, so one thing here too, the athletic, you know, shout out our guy, Tarek the athletic, one of the most, one of the best sites you can go to read stuff. And we'll start with Keith on this one. The athletics, Corey Proneman uh, began re releasing his annual kind of, he does NHL like organizational rankings and he just kind of goes through each organization and ranks them from top to bottom based on like how they're doing and their farm system. And we were ranked 31st last in the league. Uh, pretty much saying we have the shittiest farm system out there. Uh, what do you say about that, Marquise? I mean, like, uh, GMBM has always said development's huge. This, that, and the other. Our team is constructed off development and drafting guys. Ovechkin, Backstrom, Vrana, Kuznetsov, Wilson. But the past few years, you've seen us just trading away picks for players. And I mean, let me just go through our round one in 2016. Lucas Johansson 
where's he at? Garrett Pylon, Damian Reed, Beck Malenstein, Alex Johansson, Philippe, uh, Priesky, Zaitsev were all 2016, 2017. Uh, we didn't pick until like round four. I mean, it's kind of just – do you kind of agree with this, that our kind of development structure is going downhill quick because we're trading everything away? Um, No. I mean, I guess yes and no. I don't think we should be trading away as many draft picks as we are, but, I mean, if you look at it, it look at Hershey – we, you know, those guys compete every year for the Calder, almost every year. At least they're, yeah. they're making it pretty far. They're, they're doing numbers every year. I think where we might fail is bringing guys up to get some experience so that we can fill them into these roles so that we're not trying to band-aid with med guys at the trade deadline or right before where these guys would come in and, you know, have a little bit of, you know, a little bit of gusto, a little bit of pep in their step, a little bit of confidence even behind the, the way that they're playing. Granted, they're coming from a first line, you know, playing 20-plus they're coming in maybe playing 10, 12, 15. But, I mean, every little bit helps. And I think that maybe we fail in the situation of not cultivating those guys at the NHL level as much as we probably should. I don't know if that deserves a 31st ranking, but, you know, I, I don't think we should be, you know, top 10 for sure. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. Like, I, I've, I said this last episode too where – I just think we're slow on bringing guys up. Like, like we see, you see other teams, they, they bring in guys, they, they'll bring guys up fairly quickly. Um, yeah. I, I feel like the Flyers kind of experiment with it a little bit. I mean, they got, I don't know how old Morgan Frost is, but that kid's kind of up and down, Fairby. They got guys like that who are supposed to be these young studs. And every time I watch them play, they do look good. They look a little small, obviously, because they're young. But like, so I would like to see them kind of experiment with bringing up uh, McMichael, um, who, who, who's on the back end that we have, uh, Alexia, Caravari. like I, I would like to, for them to experiment with, like with that a little more and maybe would we jump the rankings up a little bit. And I agree with you that our, it's not like the Hershey bears suck every single year. I mean, in, in regards to our farm team, our farm team does fine. It's just, uh, like, I, I do kind of agree with, we don't have many big names up and coming right now compared to a lot of other teams in the NHL. And then nothing to get yeah. excited about outside of McMichael. Right. No. Exactly. And it, going off what Marquis said, that's something in the, like, probably you could go back to the last four, maybe five years. We don't really bring anybody up for like a, a couple games during the regular season. Like we don't have that where we're, we're getting that guy's experience, maybe a five game stint up with the big boys or like bringing them up for stuff like that. Cause we've had a pretty solid roster where guys have had roles, roles filled. And I think that's kind of – that's what hurts your farm system, not being able to give those guys experience when you are hunting for a cup every year. Yep. Yeah, you know. Yeah, wrong. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's oh, just, sorry, to that point, though, I mean, I think you got you to gotta, you gotta play with it, though. Like, right. You know, rest some of the bad guys on those, like, you know, maybe a long road trip, you know, get, let a guy get some games. Um, you know, a guy like Carlson or, you know, some of those other guys. Because I think, if I'm not mistaken, I can't remember where we got Steventhal from, but uh, – off the top of my head here, but I mean, he's another young guy that we got coming up who's kind of gotten some confidence this year. And, you know, that comes with playing. Like, you got to let the guys play. You got to give them some good feedback, but also some, some stern critiques where, you know, they're learning off of themselves and off of you and off of the other players. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, I, I said that the other year, too, during like Brooks, during Orpic's pretty much retirement year, like, I was like, just bring him in, have him play 40 games for the season or 41, 42 games this season. And, experiment with some younger guys then when the playoff comes or playoffs come around it's brooks or pick the entire way 
Um, and I, I just think we should do that more. I mean, our team is getting pretty old. Backstrom feels like he's hurt almost every single year at this point. Like he, he yeah. could, he could sit for 10 to 15 games. Um, I mean, Oshie feels like he's close to a concussion every time he gets hit. It's the the, the Kawhi Leonard mentality of <laughs> you don't play the back-to-backs, you rest more than you play, and come playoffs, you just let it loose, I guess. Well, I know AB's going to hate this, but Ovi's getting older, man. I mean, maybe that's something smart we do to, to help him out, give him the, the rest five yeah, games in a season. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. That's why I knew you were going to hate it because yeah, the goal maybe count. Maybe if we get to 50 and there's like six games left, we sit him, but yeah. still, we're trying to get – goals here so oh well we'll see what happens so let's get into the four series that are left and we'll start in the west tier we'll start with vegas and vancouver elimination game tonight what's today tuesday yeah tonight tuesday vegas up three to one vancouver came back they won that i think it was the second game conventionally thought they were gonna you know give vegas a fight but now it's seeming that just vegas is obviously too deep too strong too fast too good shout out chandler stevenson shout out nate schmidt but they look like they should win this game tonight and roll on to the western conference finals again yeah i mean they uh, i mean that man the star i mean stars look really good too right now but vegas does look like the top of the top team in the, in the in the league right now i think i mean they're playing all four lines throughout the entire game um they're getting the best out of everyone this I love Chandler Stevenson here. I kind of hated that we got rid of him. I like I love his speed. I did like and, him a lot. And he was and he was fighting for like that 18th spot on on the roster pretty much or whatever it was. And he's he's getting a chance to shine with the, with the Vegas Golden Knights. And he's he's playing regular minutes. Sometimes he get second line in. minutes. Yeah, he's he's sneaking onto that second mm-hmm. line sometimes. I mean, and he's good, dude. I I think and it, it's it's funny how Vegas does that like. No matter who they bring in, that guy just comes out with so much confidence. It's it, like immediately too. Like it, it, all the players that they get just start to shine immediately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Shea, Shea Theodore too. He's having a huge year for them. He's kind of a guy that's kind of playing out of out of his level. He's usually playing a little lower than this, but he's putting in points and having a good postseason. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely up there for MVP of the playoffs for for yeah. Vegas at least. Yeah, I mean, Keith, I don't know how much of that series you're watching, but I feel like when I'm watching those games, I can't tell the difference between line one and line four on that team. And, and that's a, and I think that's how they kind of constructed that team. And, I mean, you know, you got McPhee over there, of course, but it, they, they got those guys that, you know, maybe didn't get the shot that they wanted or didn't get the time that they thought they were going to get, you know, elsewhere. And they came there, and, I mean, I guess if you want to look at them, you know, they're kind of the – you know, they're used toys of the league. They're used toys of the team. The and, uh, and they were on. Yeah, the Misfits. And, and they they came there and they knew that they had an opportunity. And I think that they have that mentality, I think, organization-wide of like, hey, we brought you in because we know you got something else in that tank that we can use and use to our benefit since they didn't want to. And everybody's seizing that opportunity. And I think, you know, they got a good job. They're doing a good job of, Giving a giving those guys that green light to just kind of go and do what they got to do to get the game done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they picked up. I mean, they picked up Mark Stone. Stone yeah, who yeah. no one really knew who this guy was. Was drafted in 2010, sixth round pick, and now he's he's probably their best player on that team. He's he is a stud. He's he's just such a beast. And then, like yeah. they pick up Max Pacioretty, who was kind of getting shit on in Montreal. They're saying he doesn't do well enough, even though he scored like 30 goals a season for them. But 
I guess they just didn't like his leadership or whatever it was. They just, they weren't huge fans of him up in Montreal because they're never fans of anyone when they're not doing well. And he goes to Vegas and he's tearing it up in the playoffs right now. It's just, it happens to every single player that goes there. It's so funny. It's like, well, it's, it's awesome to watch. How about Robin Leonard? I mean, that guy's playing out of his mind. Not that he's not a great goalie, but he's usually like a backup role goalie. He gets, well, he did gets that a start and Islanders, he's though. rolling with it. He did that last year with the Islanders though, too. Yeah, I mean, this is starting to become his thing for sure. But, yeah. I mean, he gets the opportunity and he he's like, he's one of the best, he's the best goalie in the playoffs, I think, right now. He's playing top, top of his game. Yeah. Yes. And that Flurry looked good. I think it was last night too or the night before. But Vegas is my pick to go to the cup out of the West. But like you said, AB, let's get into it. The Stars look very good. They're up three to two. Colorado bounces back, wins last game. It was on a back-to-back. We talked about this in our group text with the Kreppels. It was kind of weird that – I mean, you, you're kind of more on the side of, yes, they should have played Bishop. I'm kind of on the side of, no. Well, I wouldn't say they should have. I just – I. You see I, where they're I coming see, from. Yeah, I see where they're coming from. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's had a lingering injury. hasn't really played at all. And we know it's not corona, so it's got to be some type of injury because NHL has no COVID test. I mean – Granted, you're up three to one, but Marquise, do you feel safe kind of being like, I mean, Bishop's obviously the better goalie in terms yeah. of like actual talent, but do you put him in that game? Granted, it's a back-to-back, but he's coming back. It's a chance, it's an elimination game, a chance for you just to move on and get the fuck done with it, but I don't know. I mean, I think you play it safe for sure, but um, I mean, I got Dallas coming out of the West on my on my end here, but I just like their roster. I like the way that they're coached. I like the way that they play the game. Um but I, I mean, I'm I'm also a Colorado fan, you know, because it's they, they got a good solid squad, good, like young squad too. I mean, but they it, it's a tough toss up for that. I mean, it's three one. I say you can try, you can test that tonight, and not you know, not play Bishop, um, especially if it's a, if it is a minor injury. You don't want to bring him back in and he tweaks it or you know anything can happen. It's NHL. I mean, everything happens on a you know nightly basis, situation basis. I would say sit him out again. If, if he's not comfortable going in, or the goalie coach or the coach even is not comfortable, to keep him out. You know, try to close it out with your guys that you got in there and mm-hmm. move on to the next round and give them some rest and get everybody some rest. Yeah, and KP, every game for Colorado is an elimination, elimination game moving forward, but you kind of got to have some comfort when you apparently have the most clutch active player in the NHL on your team and Andre Burakovsky who – has eight goals in his 11 elimination games. But if you want to break down even more, he's got eight goals in his last seven elimination games. Yeah, I mean, he's probably taken over the nickname Mr. Clutch. I don't know what else to give him there. The guy's firing on all cylinders in elimination games. But that's going with the goalie thing. The Stars got to do whatever they feel comfortable uh, goaltender-wise because the Avalanche, the only way they're going to win is outscoring the Stars. Stars are better defensively. They don't really score a lot of goals. I mean, they have a couple times in this playoffs, but they, they got to shut them down. So whatever they got to do defensively to shut them down, whoever they feel more comfortable with in the back end, they got to go with because, like you said, your guy, Andre Barakowski, he's going to be scoring goals, and <laughs> him and McKinnon, lights out. Well, the craziest thing is I've seen on Twitter everybody being like, we got rid of this guy for this pick and this pick. What the fuck were we thinking? And that's such bullshit because it's such a system thing for him. Yeah. He never got his chance here, I mean. I mean, yeah. and then he goes and he's playing on McKinnon's line, fucking I mean, firing we away. It, we called it immediately. We, we said from the get-go, as soon as he finds another team, hopefully so good. Hopefully Colorado, and then it ended up being Colorado, he's just going to light up – he's just going to light the lamp. Like, it's 
he's going to get more ice time. He's going to, and he's going to have more confidence. Cause I don't like, again, he almost had that little brother mentality with the caps where they're all a lot older than him. They treated him like almost hit their son. Like, like, I don't know if that has like anything to do with his psyche at all, but now like he's the same age as all those guys over in Colorado. So it's like, he's also going to be part of the leadership group going forward, I think. Um, but in regards to the goalie controversy thing, I think what you do there is on a back-to-back, you do give it, you do give it to Ben Bishop because he's been a Vesna finalist before. You you need to you need to get it out of him in, in a time like this. So I, I do I do see why they went with him, but then he lets up four goals and you make me look stupid. So, but um, like I I, I see why they did it. Um, and then going back to what Keith said about they the way they play i mean they are just the most physical dominating team in in the playoffs right now all they want to do is start scrums in front of the in front of the opposing net every single time they're going to lay a body on you every time you touch the puck i mean this is the type of hockey that i thought the cast were trying to do to the islanders and just couldn't and they are just absolutely physically dominating the avalanche right now it feels like to me they're just it's if, if you watch those games there's a scrum after every single whistle and, and it starts with their leadership with Jamie Benn. He's just trying to get under everyone's skin. Corey Perry's leading the way. He drew like three or four penalties last game. I mean, you got Joe Pavelski, who's – I mean, he's he's not like a, a, a dirty player or anything like that, but he's he'll he'll get in the scrums with you. He, he plays tough. He plays hard. I mean, they just – they picked up some – they had some great offseason pickups that uh, I think, Billman, you were all over them before the season started. You were all over them and the, and the Canucks. And they, they, I agree with Keys here. I think they're going to give Vegas a, a very good run for their money, based based off the physicality of how they play. Because the Caps, the Caps did that to Vegas, and look at look at how that series went. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, Dallas was definitely the offseason team that was make the splashes and the trades for the win now mindset. Yeah. Whereas I think Vancouver is a year, maybe two years. And ahead, I didn't even I didn't even where they want to be. School. Yeah, yeah, he's been absolutely killing it. Absolutely yeah, killing he's, it. He's probably the best defenseman in, in the playoffs right now. Yeah, so I, I think in terms of Dallas, you go back to Qdoba and you let him win this series for you because he's gotten oh, yeah. you here. And then you're going to have some time because this is when the Eastern Conference teams move to Edmonton once you get to the conference finals here. So you're going to have time if you win this series to kind of let them Bishop get into, the pra- get into practice some more, get into more of a game thing because you want your better goalie you need your better goalie to take you to the cup. And Bishop obviously is a better goalie, but I don't think he's quite there yet. Let's go to the East. The series that's over, the president's trophy winners, Boston, they get dusted four to one. I Tampa looks good. Tampa looks very good. Braden Point, in my opinion, is the best player on that team. They are still without Stamkos, which is a scary sight to see. But I think the biggest thing in this was Boston couldn't get their bottom six really going. And also the whole, you know, not having Tuka Rask, who's one of the best goalies in the league, doesn't help. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a Vesna finalist this year. I mean, you understand why he left, obviously. I mean, he had he had, he had some family issues that, that, that was going on, so yeah. he, had, he had to leave. So it's it's kind of fucked up if you see if Boston Bruins Twitter right now. It's like they're just absolutely ragging Tuka Rask for leaving. It's like, dude, you guys are so fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you mentioned Braden Point. He – that guy's just carrying, kind of carrying. I wouldn't say carrying them. They're they're doing it by committee, but he is kind of leading the way for them. I think. I mean, he's 
he's another player that's got all the skill in the world and also plays tough in front of the other teams that, uh, and he's not even that, like, it's not like he's a big player or anything. I mean, he's, he's a pretty small player from what it feels like to me. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like he just does all the intangibles, right. I think. And then you have Victor Heaven lean the way in the back. He scores a game winning over uh, game winner, overtime goal. Um, Vasilevsky's playing well. I mean, they have, and I think the most important thing for them is that they're closing out these series. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like they're, they're not letting it linger to six in the seventh game. They're, 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 they're basically stepping on the throat. Step, yeah, step that's next right now. Two straight five series, one in five games. Yeah. And it's, that's, I think that's going to be very important for them later on down the road. And I think they have a lot of confidence. I mean, this might be the year we've talked about it for the probably the past five years that Tampa Bay is always right there. They're all, it feels like they're always in the Eastern Conference Finals except for last year. Yeah. I mean, of the three remaining marquees, I think Tampa's my favorite, or the team I obviously want to win. Because, yeah, they'd be cool if the Islanders won, but fuck them. And obviously, fuck the Flyers. But I'm, 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 I'm pulling for Tampa, and I think they have the wherewithal to get there and do it. And obviously, if they get Stamkos back, that's just another weapon and your captain. I mean, I, I agree with you on that, but I still got to rock with Dallas, man. I think they're just – that physicality plays such a role, man. It, uh-huh. It's huge. You really can't beat that anywhere. And, I mean, in a series between Tampa and Colorado, yeah, take Tampa because they have the experience. They have the numbers. They have the depth. They have the speed and the shooting, you know, and just the goal sending also. And But, uh, I mean, if it's, if it's Dallas or, you know, or Vegas, that's a – Vegas is more of a toss-up for me, but if it's Dallas, I gotta take back, I gotta take Dallas, man, because you know they can turn it on and put some pucks in the net if they want to. I don't know about the speed portion, but they can slow the game down to their pace and you know feed one cheese uh, to uh, to Sagan and you know let Vince sit in front of the net and get on those dirty areas. Um, you know you got Radulov who can get in front of the puck and get in front of the net and just kind of you know you can dance around guys or you can sit in front of the net and lift that thing up in zero point one second. You know just give them a little bit of space. I just think. You know, it's going to come down to, to depth of roster, mm-hmm. but also come down to that experience around putting the puck in the net and being able to play through some physicality. Mm-hmm. KP, would you say this series was more of Tampa looking that good or Boston looking that bad? I think it was Tampa looking that good. I mean, they looked way better than last year when they got knocked out early. Um, they're flying on all cylinders. They have the goaltending. They're getting the scoring. Boston, did, I, I don't think they looked – terrible but you like you said I mean the goaltending that that's kind of what hurt him I think Char looked like shit as well I mean he's one of your veteran guys he's getting kind of old so it wasn't but I don't think it was too much that they the team as a whole looked like shit more of uh Tampa playing playing good yeah I would agree with that and uh we I forgot to I left out another name that Tampa is rolling on right now Yanni Gord oh so good that kid is sick right now and I think that I think that's he was kind of like a momentum killer for the Bruins almost in this series. I mean, like I, I kind of agree with Kyle. I think it was Tampa just looking that good. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Patrice Bergeron was relatively quiet, but I did see a stat that he did not let up a single five-on-five goal in the entire playoffs when he was out there, which is in, insane. Mm-hmm. Um, he did what he does in the defensive Brad, zone. Brad, I mean, Brad Marchand still showed up, um, and then I mean, Pasternak was hurt. That's a big – that's kind of a big loss. I think he was playing hurt. Yeah. Jake DeBrusque was kind of nowhere to be found. He had, like, one or two goals. Krejci did show up for them. So, they had – they had guys – they had some guys show up. They had other guys, you know, that were kind of quiet. But I think Tampa was just – just flat out was just the better team. Yep. 
So they're moving on and they're going to play the winner of this Islanders Philly series. The last series we'll talk about here. Um, they're playing right now. So the show, when it reaches tomorrow morning, it's either going to be going to game six or Barry Trotz and the boys are going to the conference finals for the first time since 1993. Islanders have just, they're just doing the same thing they did to us, man. They're sucking the life out of Philly, a Philly team that I thought was a very good team. Maybe I know you've been riding Philly pretty hard, but they're just making them look bad. I think, but it doesn't obviously it doesn't help when you got a guy like called Drew who hasn't done a goddamn thing. And like, <laughs> kind of, dude, he hasn't done anything in the playoffs in, in what like 34, 35 games. It said he has like, yeah, three he's like, he's at like Jacob Rana stats right now with like three goals in like 35 playoff games. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> not what you want so, from your leader. Yeah. So, I mean, if case, do you see Philly even making this a series or are the Islanders by the time people listen to this tomorrow? Is it going to be Islanders versus Tampa? Uh, I don't know. That's uh, I, I mean, I got a lot of Philly friends, um, and you know, a lot of guys from North, and they've been kind of preaching. They've been preaching Philly to me before the, you know, before the pause came back, um, and resumed play. And I didn't believe them until I started seeing them just fly through teams. But I don't know, man. Seeing that Islander team up close really makes me think that they can pull it out if they really want to. Because Philly's still kind of a high flyer, young guys, kind of, you know, run and gun. And, and the Islanders know how to shut that down and they know how to run and gun if they want to. Yeah, they I got the Islanders. KP, what do you think, man? What's working so well for Barry Trotz and the Islanders? I mean, they're just, like well, I said. I mean, they're doing I, the same thing, like you said. They're, they're just playing the same good team hockey. They're getting that trap zone. And this, this Flyers team is a young team, right? They got a young young defenseman. I mean, they do have the veterans like we talk about who aren't showing up and leading the way for the guys. So I don't I don't know. I think it's gonna take a lot to come down three to come overcome a three to one deficit to this Islanders team who's playing probably the best hockey in the in the East. I think they're even playing better team overall hockey and showing up each game throughout this whole whole playoffs, caps and this series, that they're they're the most solid, consistent team. Don't disagree with that one bit, A.B.? Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys kind of named it all already, but that's – I mean, it is courtesy of Washington Capital legend Barry Trotz. I mean, he is once again showing us that he is the best coach in this league, I think. Um, I, he's getting a, a roster that, on if you look – watch or read it on paper, does not look very good. I mean, Matt Barzell is sick, but, like, other than that, you don't really think of Anders Lee as a 30-goal scorer – which he, he is at this point. You probably haven't heard of Anthony Bovillier before this year. Um, Devin, Devin Tays, I mean, who, who knew about him? He's, he's six. Scott Matt Martin's firing it up. Yeah, I mean, he's just getting his guys to play the Barry Trout system, and it's working perfectly right now. And Barlamov is as steady as she goes in terms of yep. that minor in the playoffs. They got Mitch Korn as, a, as, a tender, as the goaltending coach and obviously making another brilliant – or another kind of average goaltender become a brilliant goaltender in Varlamov. I mean, Thomas Grice steps in, does the same exact thing. Literally every single one of their guys is pulling on, on the rope at the same exact time. And it's, and it's working very well. My question is, I mean, they're, I think, I think it's a given that they're going to win this series. I don't think flyers have looked that good in this, in this series. And I think the Islanders have. Um, my question is, do you see the Islanders being able to do this against Tampa? That's the biggest question. That is by far the biggest question because they've done it to us. They've done it to Philly. Not saying we're, we were playing well at the time, but we're a good team. 
we have good we have a good roster philly very good team and they just suck the life out of both, well, both of, us. of those both our team i actually I, I shouldn't say our superstars didn't come out to play because ov was like the only one that scored so <laughs> Kuzin, so, was Ochi, so but i would say that Braden point and kucherov are we're playing better than oshi ov and koozie oh 100 so are they going to be able to shut down those guys is is the biggest question because they're they're doing it to philly obviously Giroux's not doing shit. Couturier's yeah. he's played all right, but uh, and Voracek's played all right, but they haven't had anyone. I mean, they're the Flyers' best player right now is probably Kevin. that kid, that kid Phil Myers. Yeah, he's playing well. I mean, offensively, you got to say Kevin Hayes. He's starting to put the puck in the net a little bit for him. But yeah, going off what you just said, AB, it's it's going to come down to power play, power plays, and five on five. I think five on five, yeah. the Islanders could definitely dominate and take over the game and kill kill momentum for the. The lightning skill guys, kind of like Arias for conference finals series with them yep. two years back. Right. Yep. If we if we give if the Islanders give them power play opportunities, I think Tampa can take advantage of it, and their power play looks good, unlike ours. Yeah. And if they get Stamkos back, that's just another notch that'll make that power play even better. Yep. That's a perfect answer. Actually, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that's that's got to be their recipe, right? Don't disagree. Don't disagree with any of it. But I mean, yeah, I guess we'll see. That's I think it's the biggest question mark if. Islanders can do the same thing to Tampa as they've done to us and Philly and AB. Sorry, but as you and Tarek were talking about and kind of wishfully thinking over that, it looks like the Lightning aren't going to choke, so we're not going to get John Cooper. Yeah, or Jeff, Jeff Halpern. Halpern. Or Jeff Halpern. <laughs> yeah, right. Should we get Jeff Halpern? No, not nah, fuck that. But um, yeah, no, I was really hoping that Bruins would just dust them in five or something like that. Instead, it was the other way around. So yeah, I think Cooper's got a, got his job still. For sure. So that's all really the hockey talk I got. Keith, looks like you just pulled up to the rink. So any last words for the fans out here? Um, I mean, you know, keep listening. Uh, you know, I'm going to do my best to keep get guys on and keep listening for sure. Uh, you know, love talking to you guys every time I'm on. Always appreciate it. Always a good laugh. Um, just keep doing what you're doing, fellas. I'm loving it. Yes, sir. We always appreciate you coming on and, you know, talking about the tough issues in hockey. Like we said at the top of this episode, it's not easy and, you yep. you experienced it playing with us. It's it sucks, but it's just the way the sport is, and hopefully we can grow out of it. And a lot of yep. the, the stigma about this, the goddamn NHL just being behind every other fucking league. I feel like with no matter what the issue is, it's just like we got to pull our heads out of our asses sometime. But yeah, man, appreciate yeah, you hopping on. Enjoy, enjoy, hey, the man, What ring did you just pull up to? Metstar. Metstar, you know, the uh, the old home rink, I guess, if you want to call it, other than for the, the port. There it is. Love it. KPAB, anything interesting going on with you guys? Like, what's, I mean, what's up? Not much, man. Ready to watch some playoff games tonight. Uh, hopefully, Keith can get get a couple goals for the boys tonight. Pat yeah. those stats. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, I can get out of it without a black eye or somebody yelling at me right. about that. Right, I joined, <laughs> so I joined a men's league team at MedStar, and I joined uh, Enroth's team. Shout out to him. Shout out to Andy for getting me on his squad. But it's up for C. And so it's not the best league. There's not a lot of great players in it. And so I played my first game the other night, and just like the other team is just like all older guys. And I was like, I'm not going to try that hard because I don't want to be that dude that's <clears throat> trying really hard and have the other team trying to fight me the whole time. And granted, I came a little tossed off tequila, maybe had a little bit of a joint beforehand as well, and I was a little faded. But I was chilling. So, <laughs> but it's like, I get, we get to the end of the game, like I was telling Keith, like it's a tie game and I try to go end to end real quick and just win it for our team. And then some guy just dummies me with a knee to knee hit and then like tries to fight me afterwards and talk shit. I'm like, what are we doing guys? 
come on. And he's like, Jesus. you need to be a better skater, this, that, and the other. I was like, buddy, if you really wanted me to try that hard, I could. And But I'm not dealing with that shit. But, yeah, that's that's all I've been up to. I mean, just kind of chilling. Been actually been popping around the city the past couple of days. I'll have to hit you up, Marquise. I found, oh, yeah, let me know, found man. a lady to spend a little time Ooh. with. But I'll, I'll have Attaboy. to hit you up over in Foggy Bottom. I've been metroing back and forth. AB, like you said, Tampa's just been kind of chilling. Nice weather. Boats, this, that, and the other. Oh, yeah, dude. We – yeah, we, we took the boat out. There's like probably like 50 boats out right on the sandbar, and we just chilled out there and just were crushing white claws all day. So that was chill. I mean, we got a whole – for Labor Day weekend, we got a whole squad coming down. We have like like six of our buddies coming down. Fucking right. Oh, speaking of boats, man, I spent all weekend on Dave's new boat. Woo-hoo. Yeah, I think it looks sick. Lovely, dude. We got to get all the boys down, and we'll just do a chirping party on that boat because it's like a – it's technically like a certified yacht thing. It's massive. It's got two beds in it. It's got a full shower, bathroom, all that good shit. So we'll get the boys down before summer ends, tear it up a bit. But that's all I got, guys. Thanks for tuning in. A couple episodes hey, left in season filming, one. Hey, last thing. Yeah. Last thing, actually. I forgot about this. Um, I want to give a shout-out to the boys up at Alaska Anchorage, actually. It's going to yes. be a tough year for them um so you know just to those guys if any of them listen you know keep your heads up fellas and, yeah you know, shout out to travis shout out to travis the year. Yep. um he's been on before yeah tough situation for them if you're not aware yep. their, their, their hockey program the the alaska university of alaska anchorage athletic department cut three sports and one of them was their division one hockey team so mm-hmm. kind of sucks it's you're just yanking a d1 hockey team out like it's nothing just to save 2.5 million dollars like you can find that money somewhere between the three athletic teams you're cutting but yep Shout out to those guys, and yeah, hope, hope, hope all the best to you guys. Well, actually, we, we were drinking with their goalie at Whitlow's. What was his name again? Oh, um, Carly, yeah. Good yeah, kid. yeah, great, great kid. kid. Yeah, so shout out to him, too. Just crushing orange crushes with him at Whitlow's that one night. But yeah, boys, that's all I got. If you guys got anything to say, say mm-hmm. now, and we'll get out of here. Peace out, boys. All right, fellas. Always a pleasure. Yep.